All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR with Dustin Rivenbark. Now, SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption, and I'm so glad you're here, and we have got a great, great podcast lined up for you today. A great guest is on the line, but before we get into all of that, I want to give you kind of the intent of the podcast, sort of the the why are we here, so to speak, and we're here to work out our hardships, our issues, our tribulations in such a way that we can begin to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. But you may be listening to this and say, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to SCAR? And the truth is, we all have stuff. We all have hardships. We all have issues that can even begin to cloud and, and change the trajectory of our lives if we allow it to. So that's exactly why you need to be tuned into SCAR, because this is a safe place that we can come together, we can share our hardships, we can share our issues in a safe place, and we can begin to uncover God's plan and purpose for our lives. Now, with that being said, I want to introduce a fantastic guest, Miss Robin Carnes. Please say hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Robin. Good to be here. Yes. And so me and Robin had a chance to sort of uh, debrief and kind of catch up right before this podcast. So coming into it, I do want my guests to know that my family is coming off a several day um, streak of strep throat. So it's kind of running through the family here, but you know what? We're going to power through this. And, uh, Robin, it's an honor to have you on the show. Your story resonated with me so much. So if you don't mind, uh, please tell a little bit about your story to our audience and we'll just kind of pick up from there. Okay, well, I don't even know exactly where to start because my whole life has been um, a testament to, oh my gosh, God's grace, His mercy, yes. Him never leaving my side, even whenever, I, you know, I didn't even realize He was there in a lot of moments. Mm. Um, I grew up in Florida, and I was married very young at 16 um, because I needed to you know, have my own way, do my own thing. My dad had left whenever I was 12, and that just kind of, you know, spun me out with uh, rebellion. And um, so anyways, I got married at 16. I had my son, Zachary, at 17, and then my daughter, Brianna, at 19. And then I was divorced at 21. Right. right. <laughs> and, um, and then I went on um, and remarried later. And I had my youngest son, Garrett, who's now 21. Um, And then during this time, I also adopted a daughter. Um, Her name is Miracle. And that's another story in itself. Yeah. Um, uh, Yes, she was my husband's first cousin's daughter. And we ended up with custody of her. And then... um, (laughs) And then he 
I think he had a midlife crisis. We were raising six kids. I had two stepchildren too. Um, he adopted Zach and Brianna. We had Garrett and then here we have Miracle and we tried to help her mom, you know, get back on her feet and get her back and that didn't happen. So we ended up being separated and I went through courts and stuff and I was able to adopt her on, on my own. So I have Miracle and then, and then my husband, he was, we were still married. He was shot and killed, um, in one of the towns around and then, you know, here I am taking six kids to a funeral home. So, uh, that was a very dark time for me after that. I went through a lot, I mean, major depression. I didn't want to leave my house. I was scared that if I left, um, you know, something could happen to me and then my kids wouldn't have anyone. So that was a pretty, pretty dark time. Um, and then that was, gosh, in 2009. And then I, um, remarried (laughs) again, uh, in 2011 and moved away from my hometown and moved to Georgia and married, um, my current husband that I'm also getting divorced from, uh, we moved to Georgia and then during that time he deployed and I said, well, I think I need to go get some help. I think we need some therapy. We've kind of lived through some stuff. Right. Um, so I went and yeah, I went to therapy and really, you know, dealt with a lot of the, the trauma that I dealt with, um, as a child and, you know, my dad leaving and then the choices that I made and why I made the choices that I made, you know, all of the, uh, you know, I had no self-worth, I low self-esteem, abandonment issues, you know, the little daddy stuff, you know, that girls go through. And, um, you know, so I dealt, I dealt with that. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. So let's, Let's take it. Let's take it back. Um, Sixteen, okay, is is really early for um, for marriage. So you kind of you, you kind of talked about uh, sort of that, I guess, rebellious attitude. Sort of that I want to take yes. it. I want to take life by my own terms. And I think yes. um, a lot of times, Robin, we we all kind of find ourselves there. At one yeah. point or another, when you decided to get married at 16 years old, what what were some of the emotions, some of the thought process? What was going on in your life at that time that sort of dis- that solidified that decision to go ahead and make that move? When when my dad left, I mean that was it was devastating. Whenever we found out that he. Um, he was actually being unfaithful and he didn't come home one day. And this was, you know, I was, we were in church. We went to, um, an assembly of God and, you know, it kind of, it rocked the whole community. Nobody saw this coming. And I definitely, like I was the oldest. So that's the other, um, you know, the oldest child. Um, and so I was always taking care of my two brothers and sister and my mom worked, my dad worked, um, so I, yeah, whenever he left it, it, he, I, I idolized him, yeah. you know, I was 12 and he was, 
you know, I, I just, I went hunting with him. We did everything together. Like we, yeah. he, he was, you know, he was my dad. So that really, um, yeah, that threw me. Wow. So I, I rebelled. I ran away from home. Um, and I don't know if I thought that maybe I could get him to come back if I was so bad, you know, that he yeah. would say, okay, forget it. I got to go home. Like, because for me, I felt like he left me. He abandoned me. And yes, my mom, but me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it, it really, it hurt. It hurt deep. So, so and, with that and the looking for love, I guess, and, and yes. <laughs> all the wrong places all as the, the song. Yeah. And, and so. Yeah. What was life like, married oh, at sixteen? Oh goodness gracious! Um, I feel like I've—I often say this, like I've lived like nine lives already. Yeah, you know? right, right. And um, so at sixteen, no, it was horrible. It was horrible. He was an alcoholic. He was a, a drug addict. But it, you know, I didn't know that at the time. Found out afterwards, and I wasn't pregnant when I got married. I and my mom said. The worst thing you can do is get pregnant right after you get married. Like, if you're going to do this, just be married for a minute, you know? Yeah. And um, I, we can, let's see, we got married in May, and the following April, I had Zach. Wow. So, I was just going to make my own family. And my dad signed for me to get married. That was this, you know, I don't know what his thoughts were. That was the most horrible thing he could have done. But, you know, I still look at it. <clears throat> I wouldn't have had Zach and Brianna. And, you know, I know that God gave me them. You know, a lot of times we can't understand things or we can't see Mm. ahead of things. Um, But, 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 you know, God can, and he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And I think we step in the way of his will and his plan a lot of times (laughs) and make some dumb decisions. But out of that, yeah. You know, I believe God can can use um, a lot of our mistakes and a lot of our things for for His glory in the long run. You know, that's one of the things that God gave me. A, I don't know a few months ago. Um, you know, I had some. I just did a fair, and I had I ran into an old, old, old high or well, actually, middle school friend, and he says, "Man, I just can't believe your life." Like, how much bad luck can one person have? And he just kept looking at me like that. And I said, I don't look at it like that at all. Yeah, now you feel like a freak. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I don't look at it like that at all. <clears throat> I mean, maybe y'all do on the outside, but whenever you know that God has a call on your life and you you can look back and see his hand in every single thing that you've done. I mean, you know, one of the things that he gave me a few months back is, like, you can't live a life of regrets and live freely with Jesus. Wow. I have no regrets. I don't regret. And I have a lot of stuff, you know, in my backpack. But I don't have any regrets because I know that everything I've been through has brought me to this place right here, right now. And it gives him the glory. You know, I love that's that. that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. And, and I love right. that. You can't live a life of regret and live freely in Jesus. Um, I, I 100% agree with that mantra. I love that. And, you know, I I have a a story, you know, that's, that's got a lot of similarities in there with, with yours. And you know what? I've referred to myself before as a grunt, um, a a grunt in the military, man, they can take anything, you know, they're like in the mud and the rain and the jungles of, you know, and a grunt can just take whatever. And so I feel like some of us have a call on our lives to take those situations 
in those stories and bring hope to others who are in the situation. Now, when we kind of when we kind of move past that that divorce and we kind of step into your second marriage, you you touch briefly that your second husband uh, was shot and killed. Tell me tell me a little bit about that marriage and what led to that moment. Well, um, yeah, I, we got married, you know, he, of course it was, you know, I had this pattern of picking like the bad boys, you know, at that time, um, I was 27, 26 or 27 at that time, whenever we got married and, um, I had a miscarriage before we got married and then he became like, he was a really bad, you know, like a bad guy, (laughs) bad boy, um, and and then he was he was saved and he was sober and for nine years we went to church um had the kids in church we you know we both worked so hard both worked full-time jobs you know he had gotten he was very successful at his job he was able to take the youngest you know garrett the baby with him he could do doctors we were a really good team you know, we had a really strong family unit. Um, kids were in sports. There was golf. You know, Zach played golf. Brianna and Sean played Pop Warner football. Brianna ran track, you know, cross country. And we we did this. I was the track mom. We did this, you know. And then I think that it just was too much for him. Yeah. And, in the, and then, you know, going through the adoption with Miracle, I don't – he just – you know, and at that time, I didn't know the Lord. Like, even though we were in church, I didn't have that relationship with the Lord. I knew that I, you know, these were the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, I knew I wanted my kids to know Jesus, um, but I really didn't even know the love of Jesus. I knew God the Father, and I knew that He was like, like I felt like He's the Punisher, and you better do right. You know, one of the things that my mom used to always say to me, "I just don't want you to go to hell." That's yeah. what she would say, and I'm like. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm never gonna make it to heaven, right, like right. because I didn't know how much I was loved. Yeah, I never knew that. I, I totally related, you know, God the Father with kind of like earthly father. You know, I had to heal from all that too. But um, so yeah, he he was gone, and and he so he abandoned us, and that was traumatizing to my my kids, myself, and then. I had said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if one day they knocked on the door and told me that he was dead. Yeah. I had said that many times, but I was never prepared in any way for that to actually happen. So, um, you know, they knocked on my door and we didn't even know that he was in the same state and he was gone and I didn't know how and I had to call my stepchildren there was two other mothers I had to call them and they all came over to my house for us to tell the kids together wow and in that moment when you when you heard those words um, that that he had been killed um, what ran through your mind in that exact moment oh me being who I am I started going through, I mean, I just took, I would started going through the motions of taking care of it, yeah. taking care of the kids, take, you know, telling them, taking care of funeral, 
you know, contacting his job or the job that he had, you know, for any 401, for any, anything that he had left, um, I just went into that mode. Almost, almost like preservation mode. Like got to, got to take care of everything. Yeah, I have to handle this. I have to handle this. I'm, I'm a take, I mean, I'm an independent, like take charge person anyways. Everybody always calls me like the little boss. Yeah. Um, so that's who, that's my personality being the oldest and just, you know, taking care. I was always taking care of everybody. And I just went into that mode, like got to call this, got to do this, got to make the appointment to go to the funeral home, you know, got to pick out the flowers, got to just go through it. And then the day of the, um, you know, and then we find out how he was killed by his cousin at, over an, just an argument over nothing. Wow. Um, yeah. And That's... he pulled the gun to him and the gun went off and hit him right in, in the neck. And wow. he dropped and died in their yard. So, yeah. Wow. So when you <laughs> when you sit down to tell your children about something like this, um, how, how did that go over? Like, what were they, was there shock? Was there, I mean, what happened in that, in that there, moment? That, in them, oh, yeah, there was shock that, you know, and they were so angry with him because he, he had left. He yeah. was gone for a, a, over a year. So they were angry with him anyways. He yeah. would call from some random number on their birthdays, you know, um, he ran from divorce papers and, you know, child support. Like, the, I mean, like, he really lost it. And so we, everyone was, they, they were angry, but at the same time, they, I mean, they hurt. They didn't have a chance to make things right with him. He didn't have a chance to make things right with them. Um, then that, and he was just gone. So that was a whole nother deal after the funeral, after everything my daughter Brianna she just wound up being such an angry little girl she was fighting everywhere whenever she would leave the house um that is when my son Zach turned to the drugs yeah self-medicating um and then you know my little kids they it was just it was traumatizing so so after after this and and we kind of and life sort of you know life waits for nobody it just sort of it just sort of moves and it just sort of goes through this pattern of day in and day out and we kind of jump on board and 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 or or we just kind of fall off or or go through the motions we mentioned zach and uh we've kind of alluded to some things during the the progression of this podcast, but, but we haven't talked about the severity. The truth is, uh, we lost Zach. And so, um, tell me, tell me kind of, um, walk me through the stages of, uh, of Zach's life. And, and, uh, from, from that point forward, from entering the drugs till, uh, the day he passed away, what was that like for Zach? Zach, Zach was, he was so original. He was not like, um, the love that Zach carried for people wasn't, it wasn't normal. You know, it was, it was beyond. There was never a time that he wasn't trying to make someone happy or laugh. Um, 
and, and just he, his heart. That's one thing I thank God for is that my, my Zach's heart never changed in his addiction. I've dealt with that with my brother, with my sister, where they become so dark and cold. And, um, and with Zach, that didn't happen. Zach, he would, he hated himself more than anything, you know, and he would turn it, turn it inward on himself, not, not for other, not to other people, but he, he struggled, um, with prescription drugs and he, and I've actually, I wrote a blog for, um, Jesus Calling back in, mm-hmm. it was in November, it was published and yeah. talking about mental health and depression. Um, and, you know, Zach was diagnosed with clinical depression whenever he was really young. Nobody believed me. Yeah. Like, you don't understand my kid. Like I know. And, you know, and he, he had been on medication throughout, throughout high school and he took himself off whenever he turned 18. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't mm-hmm. like the way it made him feel being on his medicine so he wanted to be free to be but then ended up self-medicating um so i I wrote about that i I speak about that too mental health but he um he worked with my brother on a line crew and you know for power companies he traveled and then it escalated and it got worse from the prescription drugs into other things that I, I didn't know about until 2015. And he, he, he entered a rehab here close to where I live now in Wildwood. And he was in there for four months and I would, you know, I would talk to him on the phone and everything was good. He got out, he relapsed. And then I brought him to Texas. I put him on a bus because we had moved from Georgia to then to Texas. The army moved us. So I brought him to Texas and he went into a rehab there for three months. And whenever he got out, we went, I took him to church. We were active in our church. I took him to church and he signed up for every outreach program Mm. that they had. (laughs) And he, and I said, son, I'm not, this is not my calling. I don't want to do the water slide with little kids splashing me in, right. you know, August in Texas where it's 120 degrees. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we did everything together as it, like we were still a tight family. So Zach signed us up for everything and he became very, very active in our church. He was, you know, the Easter bunny. He was, you know, he would dress up as Santa Claus. He was there every Thanksgiving carving turkeys early in the morning, delivering meals. He loved people and he loved, he loved the Lord. In 2018, he went to Ecuador on a missions trip. And they had to apply for this, you know, make application. Um, and he was chosen to go. <clears throat> and I know that at that point he felt like he, he had made it, you know, yeah. like he had finally made it to this place with the Lord and his walk. And he went to Ecuador. I mean, that he cried, like he was so soft. Yeah. <laughs> he was just so soft <laughs> and it's sweet. And he was, we had a lot of the same best friends. Our best friends were in the same circle. Right. Um, so he, he went to Ecuador, I think it was like 10 days, two weeks. He was gone, and that was the highlight of his life. Yeah, that is great. And he shared his testimony. He had documented everything on his phone. He took videos for me every day on his phone, but then it was stolen the day before he left. So oh. He was 
devastated, and I never got to see those. I have a ton of pictures, though. I mean, he was like the big guy, the other big guy, and he was the protector for the women. You know, he would carry their bags and just make sure that they were okay. Um, but that was a really, really big thing for him and for me as a mom, you know, to watch watch him. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell you that I never thought I'd lose him. Yeah. I never thought that that was going to happen. Not, not then. And I knew that the Lord had dealt with me and had called me out to speak, um, to women about abuse, about, you know, the abandonment issues to heal. I knew that that, that was part of what God was doing in my life. Um, but you know, it just didn't feel like it was complete like there was still something missing in my calling. I don't know if you know what that what I'm what I'm saying. Uh, yes, there, absolutely. And where you just feel like, wait, that's not it, isn't it? Okay, you know, right, right. So, and I and I did. I spoke with a lot of women. There was, I mean, there were so many women that would message me and like, I don't know how you do it and how you did this, you know. So I would just, you know, share my testimony of how God walked me through it. Um. Anyways, and then Zach. Whenever I got that call, I was in a, the marriage that I was in was another, it was totally different from the other, but it was very abusive. Yes. It was this marriage. I've never, you you hear the, the word narcissist and narcissistic behaviors. You hear that a lot now. I never, I never knew. Right. I never knew what that was, but I experienced 10 years of it, and it is probably the worst. Actually, it, it was, you know, yeah. physical abuse is easy to kind of like, oh, okay, that's abuse, but narcissistic abuse is a totally different thing, and yeah. it is, um, it's it's demented, and it keeps you totally on a roller coaster every day. Yes. So... Whenever I got, uh, so I knew that, you know, my marriage was not great. And whenever I got the call, it was my youngest son calling because my youngest son and my oldest son, you know, they're they're 10 years apart in age, but they were both working in um, the oil field, actually, um, near the border, near the border in Texas. And Zach worked on one side, Garrett worked on the other for the same company. Zach worked nights and Garrett worked days and Garrett called that morning, a Sunday morning, June 23rd. And he was screaming in the phone. Now, mind you, they're four and a half hours away. Yeah. And my baby, my baby son, just, they called him first to tell him. Yeah. That they found Zach. And, and what, what had happened to Zach? he overdosed in in that moment you know um when you when you hear that you're already thinking that you're kind of doing god's purpose or or doing god's will speaking or talking about things you you had gone through or been through and you're you're kind of doing life not certain of of what's next and then you find out then you find out this about about your son, your oldest son. Um, what 
<clears throat> what do you do with that, Robin? Well, the first thing that I um, screamed, I remember I, I hit the floor. I was because it was like six o'clock in the morning. I hit the floor and I screamed and I told Satan, I said, you think that you are going to stop me from serving the Lord because of this? And I just screamed, you won't. Wow. And the next thing I kind of screamed, I just prayed, God, please don't let my kids turn away from you. Because they had lost a dad, you know, we, and then now Zach. Um, and right after I prayed that, my youngest son called an associate pastor that lived right down the road from us. He called him and said, please get to my mom. Please get to my mom. Yeah. So I knew in that moment, and he was the kid I was worried about. I knew in that moment that God had answered that prayer. Just the fact that that he had turned to uh, a pastor, you know, and so oftentimes we want to act like everything's perfect in church and we've got it all together. But in these times, we... We need the church. We need yes. the body of Christ to to hold yes. us up. And, and Robin, <clears throat> I'm seeing a theme kind of throughout your life, even dating back to uh, 16 and your dad and all of these issues. I'm seeing a constant theme of church. I'm seeing yeah. like like church has been part of your life like it yeah. like it just has. And and I want to I want to ask you a question. With all of this going on and being as active as you were in the church, um, or or as as rounded as as possible, this is a question that really doesn't have an answer and there's no right or wrong answer. I just want to know your thought as to why. Like 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 why all of this and you're still going to church why why all of this and you're still choosing to give your life to to christ and all of that so so can you give us what is it that draws you back his love his care his comfort um he he's my life and and the other i would never bow to the enemy I and I feel like that's what I would do that's what I would be doing he's not gonna win he doesn't win in the end and he's not gonna take my family and I I know I think whenever you understand once you finally understand the call that you have on your life uh, and there was a prophetic word that I got the day after Zach died the enemy has tried to take out my family. I lost a niece also. My brother lost his 15-year-old daughter. So there has been, like, I feel like a, a an assignment. The enemy has had an assignment on my family, and I, I refuse. I break it. It's mm. over. Mm. It's it, He's not, like, it's, it's a done deal. And me being the oldest... You know, I I feel like it's just going to fall in line, like the rest of them are going to fall in line. 
And after we lost Zach, heaven became more real. Um, God answered all of our questions. My kids drew closer to God after that. And what I've experienced since the, um, since I left Texas over this past year, it's been a year, like almost a year this month that I've been in Florida and what God has done and opened doors and closed doors and the blessings upon blessings upon blessings that he has provided for me during this time. Uh, that's, that's a testament in itself. Yeah. And I mean, I could go into, and all the moms he's connected me with that have lost children. I've, you know, I make jewelry now and there's a whole story behind that too. But, um, like I see his hand, he's in everything I have. I'm sitting on my couch right now and in front of me on one wall, I, on the wall in front of me, I have Jesus laughing. I don't know if you've ever seen that sketch. It was back in 1980 something or 70 something, but it's a picture of Jesus laughing. I have that on one side of my TV and on the other, I have the hymn, I surrender all. And after living this, this life and what I've lived through, I said, well, I'm done. Okay, Lord, you have full reign over my life. I will not even try to control anything anymore. I will not. I'm yours. That's it. And here I am. You know, I I love that. And he is, you know, so my days are, what do you want to do today? I love that. What do you want to do today? And I know that through my loss, through, I mean, you know, like I've told some, I can, t- I can talk about a lot of different things yeah. most people don't have, you know, in a lifetime. Right. And at just 40, what, I'm 48, I'll be 49 this year. So I just know that I can use everything that I've been through and help people and give them hope. You know, for for me, I often say that. Um, I let me let me back up. I've heard it said that, uh, you, you know, people can absolutely love Jesus and have a mm-hmm. monkey on their back that they can't shake by themselves. Right. Uh, and and so I think a lot of that um, we can share that in common with the overdose of your son, the overdose yeah. of, of my mom. It's like yeah. I truly believe that that my mom loved people and that she had. Yeah that she had made her life right with Christ before she passed. Now, um, going from here, I believe that this word calling can scare people. A lot of people struggle with what that exactly means. What is the calling on my life? I don't know what to do with my life. I don't understand. What am I here for? And I believe God spoke to me one day and gave me a clear, direct definition of calling. And, and, I think our calling is where God has placed us for impact, and we are thankful through obedience. And so with you, you find yourself in this situation where you faced a lot, and you're using it for impact. Uh, You're you're connecting with moms or or with with, uh, 
women, you're connecting with people, then you find yourself in another difficult situation with Zach. And then and then after we take some time for mourning and, and, and we grow and, and we love Christ and, and we go through all that, I believe that that's another position that we're placed in for impact. And so uh, I believe that for each and every person out there that's listening to this podcast that's just trying to keep their head up, so to speak. I think that you need to understand that where God has placed you right now is an opportunity to use this moment for God's glory. And uh, no matter what the hardship is, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the situation is, what say you to that person right now that's facing a difficult season, hardship, or life um, that just feels like they can't go on? What say you, Robin, to that person in this moment? Just lean in. Lean in on Jesus. Even whenever you feel like you're sitting alone, you're not. There was many times I felt so numb and disconnected dirt after the loss of Zach. Um, but I know that he was with me even though I didn't feel feel it. Um but he, he will care for you. He will comfort you. You will come through it. And I don't know, like, I will never get over losing that. That, sure. that is something, you know, and people expect that of you. Or they think that you should be further along in your grief than where you are. Don't let anyone tell you yeah. anything. You yeah. just walk everything out with Jesus. That's that's so powerful. Now, and uh, just go ahead. Wa- well, in walking it out with Jesus doesn't mean that you put on this front with him. You know, no, you walk every every emotion out. Mm. Your anger, your hurt, your resentment, your bitterness, yes. whatever it is, walk it out with him because he will t- he will walk you through it. He'll bring you through it, and he'll heal you. Love it. I love it. And he already knows, but he yes. wants to hear it from you. It's, yes, it's therapy. You're not hiding anything. Yes, you're not hiding anything. And it's no. therapy for yourself yeah. to say it yeah. out loud to him. Yes. You know, and, and so I, I love that. That is solid advice and it's so, so good. And I just, I admire you for your, uh, <clears throat> for your zeal, for your ability to uh, um, overcome and and your ability to stare courage uh in the face even in your in your weakness and kind of pick up that mantle now i know it's not uh quite that easy but um you 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 know it it sounds good and and so for for that person that just you know that just needs to maybe hear a little bit more or know a little bit more um, where can they find out some more information about you, Robin, or connect with you um, if maybe they need a little bit more um, information? Yes, well, I am. I have a website, and it's robincarns.com, R-O-B-Y-N-K-A-R-N-S. I'm actually having someone, they're, they're redoing my website, but you can still reach me on that. And I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I do, so what happened after, you know, this is how good God is. He knew that I was going to need, you know, to provide for myself. And during, it was just a few months after I lost sack, I started playing. I just was going to make leather earrings for me and my girls. And all of a sudden, God just started, it was like <laughs> downloading yes. 
and I realized that I could share Zach's story and that that would be a vessel to go and share. So I now do shows. I sell jewelry. I make jewelry. I do inspirational um, pieces. I do like brass and copper patina. I have the shield of faith earrings. I have sort of the spirit earrings. I have warrior mom cuffs and and then I do a lot of leather stuff. Um, so God just took that and just expanded all of that for me to share. And I just want to say for the listeners, I've got your website pulled up right now and I'm looking at the bracelets, I'm looking at the necklaces, the leather earrings, the patina jewelry and let me just say um this is this is fine stuff. This is not um your run of the mill. Um God has really blessed you, Robin, um with a gift here. I thank you. And and I, you know, I will I appreciate that because yes. I didn't do this. I didn't make, this was not in my plan at all. I had no, I just wanted some leather earrings. Yeah. And I didn't want to pay anyone else. I, I was like, I'm sure I can make this. And what God did for me during that time, he gave me something because my, my home was so bad. The uh, abuse, the narcissistic abuse was so much worse after I lost my son. Yeah. It, it went a whole different direction. And God gave me that for comfort for peace um to do something because i'm a doer i don't like i don't like to sit idle i'm a doer and he gave he gave me that for it was my therapy and i feel like my mom often says the more you grieved the better you got Mm. during the time and and i'm I'm so thankful i'm so grateful well you know um life life is messy sometimes and i think (laughs) that yeah yeah (laughs) and uh i think we need to be uh, as christians willing to get in the mess with each other and so um help each other sort of clean up some of the mess around them and and be a part of what's going on and i i look forward to seeing what god is going to do with you um in the next chapter uh, yes. and, and yeah. so God is good. Yeah. That's and, what I said. I can yeah. still tell you that God is still just as good as he was the day before. Zach yes. Died. yes. And so I want to thank you for, for your time. I want to thank you for the willingness to share your story, to share your message and, uh, just to share your love of Christ through it all. So, yeah. um, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. And uh, listeners, please, please, robincarns.com, R-O-B-Y-N-K-A-R-N-S.com. Check her out and uh, connect with her. Let her know how much you were blessed by this. And uh, as I'd for, love to hear that. Yes, yeah. yes. And as for our listeners, we will see you in the next couple of days.